0: eye view. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is March 12th, 2018, and this is episode 228. My name is Scott Magnus. This is Jake English. And on today's show, we're going to reach back and send a roar from 34 with Matt Taylor. We also
1: care about your eyesight and we're worried about Harry palms. So keep those hands to yourselves.
0: And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the Drink of the Week.
1: Scotty, what are you drinking this
0: week? Uh, Jake, I am drinking uh, a beer from Dogfish Head. It is uh, an Oak-Age uh, Schmich's Shrew. Uh, it is a Schmich's Shrew. Yeah, we're, We can't say the name of it because otherwise the uh, coin effect would go off. Ah, uh, It's it's a raging animal. Yes, it is a raging animal, oh, but it, it is a Schmich's Shrew. I
1: understand uh, Scotty I have gone from terrible beer Yes To an excellent beer Okay This week One of my favorites And by the way If the conversation gets dull And you feel like imbibing Feel free I'm drinking a Perpetual By Trogues Independent Brewing Company This is one of my favorite beers Of all time uh, If you are a fan of IPAs Pick yourself up a Perpetual And frankly Drink anything by Trogues Pretty local And pretty awesome Yes
0: yeah, so When do we go to Trogs Brewery By the way Are we going to go up there For like a road trip one I've time I've been there I mean, are we going to go up and see Charlie? Yes. Okay. Charlie sure. Hoppus, you are on notice. You're on notice. We're taking you to troves. We are coming to find you and just drag you away to drink beer.
1: But if you're interested in what we're drinking on the regular, and you should be, but more importantly, if you're interested in telling us what you're drinking on the regular, come find us on Untapped. I'm at Jake E 4025 And I'm at
0: MEGN8606. And with that, it's time for a checkup. Is it okay if I get time for a checkup?
2: It's okay if you
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jake, it's only going to tickle a little. All right, so a, a few things that we need to cover in the medical wing. The, the first one I wanted to cover was Chris Davis uh, with his sore right forearm, who is day to day and uh, had a cortisone injection on Saturday. <laughs> not PCP, <laughs> not PCP, or PRP. <laughs> Uh, But, um, yeah, court injection on Saturday. He said uh, today that he's feeling better. Um, He said it's just a flesh wound. But, uh, I mean, the question is, I mean, how much are we buying into this aspect? I mean, it's been quite a while since we've seen Davis in the lineup. I mean, at what point do you say if he doesn't get in the lineup, he's going to have to start in the minors, at least on the disabled list, because you can't just thrust him back into the lineup immediately? Well...
1: Do you think that there's anything that this injury can do that uh, his basic regression wouldn't have already taken care of?
0: I I think Chris Davis has regressed um, to a point that uh, it's impossible for him to regress any further.
1: That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know that I'm really worried. Let me ask you this unpopular question. Sure. Does it offer good opportunities for Trey Mancini to play first base and see some additional outfielders?
0: I think Trey Mancini has seen his last day at first base. I think if we were to see a first baseman, I think it's going to be a Danny Valencia or a, uh, uh, a, a Dan- uh, Pedro Alvarez at first base, which scares the heck out of me. I am less excited
1: to see a Pedro Alvarez. I could see Danny Valencia making the club due to injury, uh, you know, coming up as a first base slash DH person okay i wouldn't say i love it i right. just say i can see it gotcha who else is hurt scott
0: well if we're in the same first base category here we've got mark trumbo who uh, has had right quad soreness who's been out for several days now he's expected to be back on wednesday um yippee you know what i think helps with that okay rubbing a little pie on it oh a little uh, pie
1: yeah just get that right in there get the cream in there a little, little bit and that takes care of the quad injuries Gotcha. perfect
0: and then, of course, the last one we want to cover was Gabriel and Noah, who uh, is out uh, for at least two weeks, potentially up to four weeks, with shin splints. Um, this is an interesting one, um, not so much from the aspect of Gabriel and Noah potentially being uh, part of the starting rotation, which was a storyline earlier yes. in spring training, uh, but more so the aspect of Gabriel and Noah was out of options coming into this season. Um, the season. If he does, are going to be out for the next two weeks you would certainly think that the Orioles are going to use that to their advantage and basically say, we want to DL you, we want you to rehab in the minors, and we want to see if we can basically bring you up at a later point to fill in the bullpen and or a spot start when we need you.
1: Do you think this is a real injury or do you think this is an quote-unquote
0: injury? I think this is a quote-unquote injury.
1: What do you make of uh, Austin Hayes' shoulder? Big deal, no deal,
0: what? Uh, I don't think it's that big of a deal because again, we talked about this beginning of the season. Um, I, we didn't think Austin Hayes was going to start with the team mainly for service time. So I think this is one of those things of, yeah, you don't like to see him start off the season like this um, after coming off a, a a great season last year. But the same point was there was a very unlikelihood that he was going to come out and basically start with the team unless he posted a Mancini like spring training. Um, and certainly that hasn't been the case. So Now it's time to basically bode the service time, um, as it were.
1: Okay. Uh, Scotty, I am hurt by what has gone on here in spring training, but now is not the time to talk about it. Let's do that later on. Can we go to this week on the Twitters and find out what Orioles baseball is about in 280 characters or fewer? We may. First, I just want to start by thanking listeners. A lot of listeners have tweeted us this week and, and the previous with pictures and reports from spring training, basically responding to our our talk about Sarasota and Siesta Key um, and have showed us every last bit of their, their visits to uh, Sarasota and spring training. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. If we went through them all now, I would... I honestly, I would miss somebody and I feel terrible about it, but we really do appreciate it. And I would just uh, say again, if you have the opportunity to go to spring training, do it. Um, so let's start this week with, uh, this week on the Twitters. This is a tweet that comes from Craig Calcatero, of course, writes for MLB. Uh, what, what is it? MBC's, uh, MLB, um, hardball talk. Uh, at the athletic HQ has still spent more to acquire talent than the actual at athletics this winter
0: it's got these jokes just write themselves they just write themselves uh the weird market has continued this off season and uh so does the Orioles' abstinence uh this week comes from joe Paparado. you can follow him at at joe papa um formerly of the defunct obp podcast but it would be okay to come back boys it would be okay to come back uh, talk nba if you really need to uh no no jake no don't do right. that so Lance Lynn, Mike Mustakas, Carlos Gonzalez, John Jay all signed for affordable one year deals.
1: And we have the I'm out GIF I'm, I'm with out. Seinfeld. Yeah,
0: with Seinfeld, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. What have we got next? Oh, let's talk beer, Scott. This is this is right up
0: your alley. Let's 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 hear something about beer. Okay. Um, let's see. What what, what is about this beer that you want to talk about? Oh, Oh, it's this beer. Uh, so we actually got a tweet from the last podcast that we did, and it's another dose of optimism. This is from Jen Lahate, and she can be found that at Cox Jen. Another dose of optimism. Natty Bo has a new beer to not sell at Camden Yards, and it is a new bow in town. National Bohemian debuts its first new beer. And Jake, uh, this is a Crab Shack Shandy. First new beer in more than 30 years for National Bohemian.
1: All right. You and I both sampled this beer on Friday, Friday night dinner. You and I uh, and, and uh, you know, what, three other couples? Yes. Uh, <laughs> not that we're a couple, though we would be the power couple of we would any be beautiful. group that we're in. No question. Um, So we have a, a group of friends, five couples have dinner together every Friday night. Uh, somebody brought us this beer. Uh,
0: and did you, let me just ask, what did you think? Uh, it was swill is the best way to describe right. it. Mm-hmm. Pure, unadulterated swill. Here's the thing. If you like lemonade, this is the perfect beer for you. If you don't like lemonade, it's swill, and I'm not a big lemonade fan, so this is swill to me. This is basically what Red Bull tastes to me like. Oof.
1: Let me let me just
0: ask you this, sure.
1: And in all honesty, yes. Okay, does it hurt being that wrong?
0: No. See, the the reason for this is, and you know, I, I will come back. I am not a big fan of um, sour taste, but. There are sour beers out there that are much more refined from the fruit palette. This is basically saying, all right, I just sucked on a lemon and now I'm going to piss into a can and I'm going to serve this out and we'll say, hey, this is something that uh, basically craves to the Baltimore fan out there that can't partake the difference between what a home craft beer is and uh, what Natty Bo is. I mean, even the aspect of like, hey, what can we do to really endow ourselves with the Baltimore fan? I know. Let's put a crab on this beer can, even though it has no crab whatsoever on it, and we'll call it a Shandy, because shandy seem to be pretty popular right now, and bam, we've got the perfect Baltimore beer for the summertime. All right. So I happen to like this beer. Of course you did. You like Bud Light Lime as well. This is not a ringing endorsement I drink good beer you do, on the regular. You do drink good beer on the occasion. Let's not go on the <laughs> regular. All right. I thought
1: that this was fine. Look, here's the thing on a hot summer's day, a shandy is just fine. And if you don't like the shandy, like the are, pumpkin traveler shandy that no, you have, that's crap. <laughs> Pumpkin does not belong in a beer. If you are a fan of Shandy, I will say that I I happened to, uh, in all honesty, like this Natty Bow Shandy better than I like the Lion Kugels. Uh, so I thought it was fine. And apparently, this was produced in reaction to the fact that uh, apparently Natty Bo has found out that people have been using Natty Bow for years to make Shandy. Uh, and so now they're just trying to make money no, off of it. No,
0: There is nobody I know that is saying, hey, let's make Shandy for when we're eating our crabs and let's pour Natty Bow into lemonade while I'm eating my crabs. Stop. You don't think people that are buying Natty Bow are desperate to improve it? No, there is no chance that they are dropping it in. They're just saying, I'm going to have this water beer with me, and I'm going to drink it while I'm eating my crabs.
1: My my grandmother is rolling in her grave because she did everything she could, including putting ice in it to make it better. Anyway, here's the point. Uh, I, I, I do like this beer. I, look, I'm not going to buy it a ton, but it's fine. It's not... It's not swill, as you call it, but I think you and I do agree on something. Okay. And that is that it is a darn shame that the branding of that can has crabs in it because I was hoping for an answer to Dead Rise, which we
0: did not get. Or you could just go buy Dead Rise since it's actually a home, like a local brewery as opposed to National Bohemian.
1: There we agree. Please go out and buy Dead Rise well before you buy the Natty Bow Crab Shack Shandy. But despite what Scott says,
0: it's not terrible. Swill. All right. The next tweet goes into Kevin Gossman doesn't like the pussy. Cat. Are we gonna have to coin that? Uh maybe. Um anyway, this tweet comes from River Avenue Blues at River Avenue Blues, um, which is actually a um Jake, I'm sorry, say so this is a Yankees blog.
1: It's the Camden chat of Yankees, it right? Is? Okay.
0: Uh Greg Bird's Hayless Cat just made his debut in Brian Hoke's book, and we'll let Kevin Gossman have his say. Uh, it goes as follows. Uh, She had Lish for a long time and always wanted me to take him, and I just never had the time, Bird said. Couldn't do it. Finally, I took him. I've never been a cat person, but he's great. He's more like a dog. Everyone is a little bit standoffish at first with him, but once they meet him and get around him, he's super social. He's great. But uh, not all of Bird's friends saw the appeal, at least not right away. It can take some time to adjust the idea of petting a living creature that feels like a warm peach. Gossman, the Orioles pitcher, had noticed that Bird had a tendency to talk about Mr. Delicious like a proud parent. He's like, you've got to meet him. He's got a great personality. And Gossman said, it's like, dude, it's a cat. He told me he had a cat, and I said, cool. Then he showed me a picture of it, and I was like, oh, man, what's wrong with your cat? Is your cat dying? So Kevin Gossman doesn't like the pussy. <laughs> I love this dramatic
1: reading of, of Kevin Gossman's reaction to some dude's cat. Well done. All right, next, let's look at a tweet from Suspetta's Family Barbecue, of course, at Suspended. BBQ. Uh, these guys used to have a blog, but now they're professional MLBers. Let's for professional. Let's let's be respectful for just a minute, Scott, and look at the important topics that they cover for Major League Baseball. Okay. Andrew Cashner's mullet is a huge addition to the Orioles organization. Okay, perhaps not. Can we stop for a second? Sure. And let's talk about Andrew Cashner and hair. Sure. <sighs> All right, dude's got a beard. Yep. Dude negotiated being able to keep his beard to come to the Orioles? yep, the Orioles have made an an exception to their beard policy for Andrew Kashner. Yes, which they've done they've done before with um, I mean, you know, Vlad Guerrero, and frankly, you know, look at uh, Hardy and Jones and all that nonsense. Let me ask you this. Which is more obnoxious? Is it more obnoxious that the Orioles have a facial hair policy, or is it more obnoxious that it's a thing for some players? I think it's more obnoxious that they have a facial hair policy. Here's the thing: this may be my get off my lawn moment, but I have a dress code at work, mm-hmm. and it's stupid because it doesn't matter what I wear when I'm performing my job duties behind a desk. Sure, but I get up and I and I, I get dressed every morning. Is it worth anything more than a grumble when you shave? No. Is it stupid?
0: Yes, absolutely. And it, comes but back, it's not worth. It's it, not worth if you're anything. going to fight on the sill. Then deep down inside, I know that you're truly a Yankees fan. Fair enough. Uh, This was an interesting uh, tweet to get emotional on. um, And it was from Dan Connolly, 2016. um, And it says, Well, my drumbeat can end. Jay was the perfect fit for the Orioles. At the price, perfect fit for anyone. Side by side, with finances, no reason O should have chosen Rasmus over Jay. None. Opportunity missed. Now, I didn't read
1: it with that kind of crescendo like you just did, but I approve. Yeah. And frankly... I think Dan
0: would approve. Yes, absolutely. All right.
1: Last, let's go to let Scott, let's listen to a a voice from the past. A blast oh. from Orioles' Twitter. Perhaps past. like a roar. Yeah. 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 A thundering. A thundering roar. War, yeah. Let's go to someone who tweets at Roar from Thirty Four. This is Matt Taylor, the the former writer of Roar from Thirty Four. Quote You can't have any dessert until you go upstairs and put underwear on. End quote. Sometimes parenting is just about
0: using whatever leverage is available to you at the moment. Hashtag dad life. That's some expert negotiating and something that the Orioles certainly could have used uh, this offseason. You know what? Let's get Matt on the phone and let's talk to him about how he would uh, use this offseason uh, more effectively than one Dan Duquette.
1: When we talk to him, do we have to wear pants?
0: He won't know any why, any better.
1: Matt Taylor is one of our favorite former Orioles content creators, and more importantly, one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet. Matt wrote The Roar from 34, which for 11 seasons served as a must-click for all Orioles fans. Its mix of O's history, humor, and homerism is sorely missed. These days, Matt is raising the next generation of Orioles fans in the music city and has been kind and or foolish enough to join us again here for our annual spring training visit on Bird's Eye View. Matt, welcome back.
2: Good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me again.
1: Uh, So a couple of really important questions just to prime the evening before we get started. Uh, First of all, are you wearing underpants?
2: (laughs) I am. I am, and everyone in my household is. That's a rule, especially... uh, if they want dessert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the kind of professionalism we we expect of you, sir. And I appreciate it. All right, next, next, and sli- slightly less important. What is your drink of the week?
2: My drink of the week? Well, you know, I had to bust out the, the Orioles koozie as we're, you know, in spring training and approaching the season, but still keeping the beverage in more of a winter mindset. I have a Snowman Stout uh, from Jackalope Brewing Company. It's a local one here in Nashville. And it's fitting because... It did snow overnight in Nashville, and we had about a half inch of snow just on the grass, not on the roads, and the kids got out two hours this morning um, (laughs) so that that snow could clear out. So the snowman stout was very fitting.
1: Excellent, excellent. Now, unfortunately, um, you know, we can't just talk snow and underpants. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you some pointed questions about the Orioles. And so I'd like you to look deep within yourself, all right? This is the introspective time of the evening. I'd like you to think a little bit about what you've seen in spring training. But before we get there, I need to know about you, Matt Taylor. Where are you as an Oriole fan on the pitchfork spectrum?
2: The pitchfork spectrum. I'm going to need to hear a little bit more about the pitchfork spectrum.
1: How likely are you to grab a torch and a pitchfork and storm the warehouse based on what the Orioles have done in the offseason? season?
2: (laughs) You know, I, I think I was about ready to, to storm the warehouse, but then uh, they, they got back my loyalties, not through any baseball moves, but through their new kids under age nine get in free to the ballpark. Um, so I am uh, easy to buy off. And so as I approached the, uh, the warehouse with my pitchfork, they said, here, we'll throw you tickets for kids under nine. And both of my kids are under nine. So I said, okay, you bought me off. So I, I put down my pitchfork and, and all is well for me. Uh, in birdlands.
1: If all it takes is for you to, to, for the Orioles to do good is for you to grab a pitchfork, we're, we're going to have to arm you constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you know, it, it's funny because as we've gotten, you know, further into spring training, I've, I've done more um, reading up on the Orioles, uh, you know, on some of the, you know, what the beat reporters are doing, that sort of thing. But you know, prior to that, it was mostly just checking on Twitter and the daily check, basically, you know, the particulars changed, but uh, it essentially amounted to opening Twitter and saying, is Orioles Nation you know, still mad? Yep, we're still mad. And, you know, we'll come back tomorrow. And uh, so it's been a, a pretty angry off offseason. Um, and I expect that we'll probably have a, a pretty angry season there on Twitter uh, as well. But hopefully we can have some highlights in there to um, to make folks happy every now and again.
0: So there's obviously been very several dark moments during this off season, um, for as you pointed out, Orioles Twitter, and just being an Orioles fan. But there are particular moments, um, throughout people's lives that basically stick with you that you can always remember exactly where you were in the spot. You know, like the Kennedy assassination, nine eleven. So, Matt, I ask you this question: Where were you when you heard that Ryan Flaherty had signed with another team? <laughs> I-
2: I do love that we put uh, Ryan Flaherty in the, the same category as Kennedy and 911. Uh, we could probably unpackage that one for a while. Uh, well, you know, I think more interesting than than where I was is is the fact that we're being teased with the possibility that maybe he'll come back. You know, as, as I as I was reading today on you know, Matt. You know,
0: that is a Orioles conspiracy and... theory. Do not buy that conspiracy theory. It's like okay? Elvis <laughs> on toast,
1: dude. Don't go there.
2: I, I see. You know, I, I see this. You know talk about the uh, exciting topics like you know who's going to be the O's utility man and um, how you know no one's really jumped out and and you know grabbed that position. and then all of a sudden, I'm seeing, well, you know, here's the date for when when Flaherty needs to uh, make his decision of whether to stick with the Phillies. And all of a sudden, I'm like, are are we talking about the possible return of of Ryan Flaherty? and for for me, one of the the big storylines on on my mind um, relates to to Danny Valencia as, as you know kind of the default guy is that's going to potentially take that utility role, and I think you know the question of are we going to boo Danny Valencia if he comes down that orange carpet on opening day? That's that's kind of top of mind for me, and for a couple of reasons. One because you know that would mean that that Flaherty is indeed not coming back. Um, so trying to replace a legend like that in Baltimore, I don't see how you could, you know, really cheer. And, and you may even be inclined to boo just on that. But I think just out of principle that, hey, we booed Hyun-Su Kim because he said, I'm not going to the minors. And Danny Valencia started his Orioles adventure by saying, yeah, I signed a minor league deal, but, oh, I'm not going to the minors. Um, so. Danny Valencia has got a lot on his shoulders and and may be booed. Yeah. um, Especially if it means Ryan Flaherty is not coming back to town.
0: But Matt, Danny Valencia is not Korean. So of course we're not going to boo him. I can fix this. I can fix this. (laughs) Danny Valencia is a poor man's Steve Pierce. Oh, he
1: is our, Mm -hmm. he's our stand in for lunch pail,
0: Steve Pierce. All right. I I see what you're going with that, Jake. Uh, Matt, let me ask you another question. Um, obviously the Orioles pretty much had to be uh, nearly perfect this year to uh, get into the playoffs. Um, do the injuries to Chris Davis, Mark Trumbo and Austin Hayes early on the season uh, concern you uh, at all to start this season? Or are you kind of just chalking that up to how these things are going to happen?
2: Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say they concern me. Um, they, you know, they kind of, I've reached a, already reached the point of uh, great cynicism with with both of those signings. I you know I wasn't against the the Davis signing when it happened. I was kind of um, you know, some, somewhat indifferent to it. But it it seems fitting you know that uh, we throw all that money at the guy and uh, now we're we're looking at injuries that you know we don't know really know the severity of. I mean it seems to me I, I was reminded and thinking about it of of Albert Bell. You know another guy that goes out you know. Clubs fifty plus home runs. The Orioles sign him. He gets injured. His career's over. And that certainly doesn't mean Davis's career is over. But it just seems par for the course. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that, especially, you, you look at spring training and you think that, you know, really what we're we're talking about is you know, what kind of organizational depth do we have? Um, and when I look, especially at, at younger guys, um, you know, guys like Hayes. I think you know, no one no one's gone out there really and, and done the, the Trey mancini and, and basically bulled their way onto the roster. Um, but we got a chance to see some young guys and now Hayes is finally finally out there. We didn't get you know to see as much of him as we'd like, but you know, it, it kind of speaks to are, are we gonna have any organizational depth which we're gonna need? I mean you're right, we would need a perfect season pretty much to, to get to the playoffs and so as we look at some of these young guys and think you know, can, they, can they get a call up at some point during the season and, um, and give us some kind of contribution? And I think the answer is, you know, there's some encouragement there. Uh, unfortunately, the depth isn't with the, the pitching where I think we'll you know, really need it the, the most. But, um, but no, overall, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about um, Trumbo and, and Davis. but um, I think that does probably just reflect more of my, my cynicism towards those, those players more than anything else.
1: All right, I have a two-part question. I'm going to stretch into a three-part question because there are no rules and the points are made up. Um, I'm going to need you to get back into uh, Roar from 34 mode and provide a little Homerism, all right? Um, Okay. There is a chance that 2019 could bring a lot of turnover for this club and that 2018 will be the last chance for us as Orioles fans to have a relationship with some of these players. Um, and so, I'd like to ask you: Of the players likely to leave in, you know, 2018 and, and even into 2019, who will you miss the most? Who will you miss e- experiencing and watching play every day, and why?
2: Adam Jones. Um, yeah, I think the the obvious answer for a lot of folks. Everyone's got <clears throat> Manny Machado, you know, in mind, and obviously Manny is an outstanding talent, and you know generational talent and a guy that you'd love to see play for the club his whole career but Adam Jones is a guy I'll, I'll really miss and I think that you know he's a guy that I've come to appreciate you know more over time with his tenure and for a variety of reasons I mean it, you know there's play on the field he's you know obviously had ups and downs but you know I think overall more ups than downs and you know seems to have been a, a team leader and I, I guess what has surprised me and kind of the affection I've developed for him is that, I mean, the guy's kind of prickly, you know, you, you read during the season, it, it seems like he'd be a tough guy to cover. He gives the beat reporters some, you know, some sharp answers sometimes. Um, but when you look at what he's done on the field and what he's done off the field, uh, you know, in, in the Baltimore community, I and mean, he just really, he, he's done a lot for the Orioles. And I think he really has been kind of a representative of this time period where the O's have had this success that, you know, he was part of the big trade that really started to to turn things around in Baltimore, um, and and you know played such a big role along along the way. And uh, he certainly hasn't been forgotten. But there's been so much focus on Manny um, that he yeah you know, he's the guy I'm thinking of, of. Let's let's talk a little more about him. Um, and I think also like even even in some of the comments he's made that upset um, fans. You know, like a, a few years ago where. Someone asked him. I think it was during one of the social media nights about, you know, his favorite places in, in Baltimore. And he said the airport. You know, and it's like, oh, come on, you know, this guy doesn't love Baltimore. This sort of thing. And um, even within those, I mean, there's an honesty, right? Like he clearly has done so much for Baltimore. He does his tailgate at the Ravens game. He he's been a part of this community, but then still acknowledges, hey, I'm I'm from San Diego. That's that's still home. Um, and so that's what that sort of thing is fair. And even this off season, you know, he's. I uh, made some comments, I think through Twitter and, and otherwise where uh, a lot of what he says just, just makes sense. I think cuts through, I'm a very nostalgic guy, nostalgic fan, um, but I appreciate kind of the, the honesty of, of what he's, you know, what he's saying, and especially now as the Orioles kind of wind down this, this tenure of success and look toward that window, you know, finally being closed, uh, uh we've always kind of dreaded how open is this window, um, you know, he's even in talking about his own situation. He's kind of acknowledged, hey, I'm you know, I'm a baseball player and it's you know, acknowledging money's a part of it, but also like I want to win. And and he's always, I think, made that clear. Uh, and I think when you know he extended with the Orioles, that was a big statement of you know his belief and what was happening here. But I think as fans it, we get frustrated and, and we want more in terms of you know what we're getting from the front office and um, you know and, and ownership. And he's always been very vocal and, and wanted to be a part of that. And whether you think it's fair for a player to to want to say in, in decisions that are made on the field, in some ways he's he's been a voice for the fan where he's not afraid to say, like, hey, we need to do more. And even now, kind of, it seems like he's holding the team's feet to the fire and to to some degree and, and saying, hey, I want to be somewhere where I've got a real chance of winning. Um, and so that that's not ruling out Baltimore, but you know, in some ways, it feels like it does because. It doesn't look like enough is happening, you know, to make that likely um, in 2019 and beyond. Um, but I just, I, I think I appreciate the the candor on top of you know what he's contributed on the field and, and what he's done in the community. And I do fear for him that you know with this off season and the way that the market stalled so much, um, that you know a, a center fielder over 30 going on the market that. Um, he may not get necessarily what, you know, what he deserves for a career, so to say. I mean, and perhaps that's even, even good for the Orioles in some way. But um, I do fear for him in, in some degree in free agency that uh, it might not be quite uh, the, the contract that, that he hopes for. But then again, who knows what will happen next offseason. But it's a long way to say Adam Jones is the guy I'll, I'll, I'll miss most and have developed an affection for um, over this, this recent run of success.
0: That was a great, like, rambling, ranting roar from thirty-four post. If I could ever like s- put a s- synopsis together of what a roar from thirty-four posts look like, it was basically what you just said for the past like five minutes, basically.
1: <laughs> so, like, if you ever wanted to go back to it, you've got a, you've got the post number one.
0: There you go, post number one. On bird's eye view,
1: let me uh <laughs> let me go to part two of my question. Now, you and Scott and I share something in common, uh, beside uh, an, an upsetting love for the Orioles, and that is that we are parents of seven year olds. Um, and so I ask you as a parent, how does one explain the heartache of losing a baseball player like uh, Adam Jones or a Manny Machado or Jonathan Scope Jake, to I've, a child?
0: I've got this, it's like. Not having dessert if you don't put your underwear on—it's as simple as that. Okay. <laughs>
2: we we are very similar uh, parenting mindsets there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
0: like that. So I mean, but, you know, Matt, how, that, how do you
1: do? How do you, how do you explain that to a kid? Well, you know, I I, I done a
2: post when the Orioles um, you know re-signed Chris Davis, and, and at the time, you know, my son had become a big Chris Davis fan. You know, had had the bobblehead that his grandfather got him, even at a Grandfather got him a Chris Davis jersey as well, and so you know I was mixed, you know, mixed feelings on the signing. Didn't feel strongly about it one way or the other, but kind of resolved like, hey, I don't have to explain to my son like, hey, that that jersey you have, that bobblehead, that guy doesn't play in Baltimore anymore, so I don't have to explain free agency to him. Um, And so now, yeah, we're getting to to a point where. (laughs) The team, team might look very different. You might start seeing guys in different uniforms. And I'm reminded of a, a friend of mine who uh, is a big Cardinals fan. And I remember visiting him in St. Louis uh, when Albert Bell was coming toward the end of his tenure there. And his his daughter, his two daughters, and I, I want to say that the youngest was probably around the, the age of my son, um, old enough to be at least, you know, recognizing headlines in the paper and seeing what was going on. And and one of the headlines was about, you know, Albert Pujols possibly going somewhere else. And they he said his, his daughter was just, like, devastated. I said, well, why would Albert want to play anywhere else?
0: Um,
2: and, that, you know, there's something endearing about that, that, you know, for kids, that, that players will always be there, and why would you want to be anywhere else than than this? Um, so I think that, you know, what I would probably come to for, you know, for my kids is that, uh, like, take, for example, Manny Machado. I mean, we've got several bobbleheads and gnomes and this sort of thing around the house now for Manny Machado, and should he be elsewhere? um next season i'll just you know explain to my son that you know he is a rotten person and we don't like him anymore and we shall not speak his name anymore in this household so i think just a very rational approach like that works best
1: i appreciate that now and now here's the final part of this three-part question um much the same setup how do you explain that kind of heartache to say oh i don't know a man in his mid-30s just you know asking for a friend (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, you say you've been hurt before um, you're being hurt again and you will keep following this team and be hurt even more in the future. Like this is, this is what we do. We hurt. <laughs> we are, we are Baltimore Orioles fans and we hurt.
0: All right. So let's go in and we've talked about the negative and we talked about the hurt and we've talked about the anger and let's talk about something that may pleasantly surprise us. So the Orioles went out and got, I guess, some off-season acquisitions. But, Matt, who are you looking for this season to pleasantly surprise you in terms of performance?
2: Okay, in terms of performance. Well, that might change my answer. Um, I, I I really, really hesitate to say this because it's not that it's a, a informed uh, opinion so much. Hey, it, welcome it, to Bird's Eye View. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just kind of a, a gut... There's just something where I'm, I'm intrigued, even though, you know, I know there've been complaints that we could have signed, you know, other guys for similar money, like a John Jay, but I'm intrigued by Colby Rasmus. Uh, and, you know, at best we're probably looking at a platoon in right field, but there's just this, I, I can't even really put a, a great explanation. on I'm just intrigued by what he might bring it. And maybe that's because that, you know, it, there's such a low expectation there and, Maybe even why they make the signing that they do, right? Like I oh, will sign him to a minor league deal. There's nothing to lose, um, so I, I find that intriguing. But I think more in terms of um, it's not a, a a signing, but a guy that's still there after the spring. Seeing what Santander's done, I mean, it's a guy that has got still got time left on his, his Rule Five that we've got to keep him, and he's actually done well in spring training. He's you know, looks you know, uh, done well defensively. So, um, so. That That's actually good news because as we clog our roster with Rule 5 guys, it's nice to think like, hey, one of these guys might actually work out. Um, now, if I can take it in a slightly different direction Please, and yeah. move, past, move past just performance, a guy that I am now officially excited about um, is Andrew Kashner. And a couple different reasons for this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to think maybe he'll, he'll pitch well. Yeah, that's great. You know, maybe we'll get something out of him. The fact that you know, I, I was reading today about how the Orioles have made a a beard exception for him, um, and that was part of you know his his uh, questions in the, the you know, period where he was considering signing a contract was that, hey, I, I want to keep this beard. Um, you know, that's pretty exciting to me to think about a guy worried about a beard uh, as he's as he's thinking about uh, signing with the team. But more importantly, I look and I think you know we've lost personality off this team. You know. the the days of the Tommy Hunters and the Wade Miley's that um, if nothing else, they gave us personality and and often very colorful personality, whether it's through, you know, dropping F-bombs in the clubhouse, live on Masson, or, you know, a more subtle Wade Miley just flipping the bird at the camera. Uh, And so I see Kashner go out there yesterday and and pitch pretty well in spring training. And then I read all the articles this morning where they're already having to kind of paraphrase what he says. And I love this, Parentheses stuff, um, and I, I can probably take a pretty good guess at, at what stuff actually, um, what actually words were used there. And I think, man, this guy might be the one to replace uh, Tommy Hunter Wade Miley combination at the colorful language, colorful character. Um, so that that's gotten me excited about him. You know, team needs a little personality. Looks like they looks like they've got it.
1: All right, I'd like to play our new favorite game. And actually, Matt, you are going to be the first contestant in our new favorite game. This is brand new, and you are going to help us usher this in. I I couldn't be more excited. Can
0: you give me your uh, game show announcer voice here when you're doing this? All
1: right, Matt Taylor, it's time to play. And the game is this. Can you be more competent than Dan Duquette? Here's the deal, Matt. Um, I, I don't need you to try to make better moves. All right, I don't need you to try to be better at the business of baseball. I I understand that you have zero experience
0: as a GM. But listening hey, to you, Matt did run a camp in Israel, though, several <laughs> years ago. So Clearly. he is possible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, listening a to you, very
2: successful,
1: camp a very successful. Camp camp exactly. Camp exactly. Camp <laughs> <of camp. laughs> listening to you for the last few minutes makes me realize, and of course, reading uh, your work for years, that you can put sentences together that make sense. And so I'd like to read you um, a, a little snippet of an interview. Uh, the Dan Duquette gave at uh, baseball dot com to Dan Connolly uh, because I am dissatisfied with his answer, and frankly, I think that you can come up with better BS than Dan Duquette. All right, are you ready? So, at some point, I am gonna I am gonna stop, and I am gonna give you the cue to give me better BS than Dan has given.
2: Oh, this, this sounds like fun. Yeah,
1: let's yeah so, do so, so here is <laughs> the that was that was the right answer. By the way, you already win. Uh, so, two two questions for Dan. This was the first. The question was. Obviously, starting pitching is the continual concern of this organization. Are you comfortable with what you have right now? And here's the answer to the first question. The answer was as follows. Well, the age and the track records of the pitchers that we have projects for us to have a competitive team. We should be able to supplement that during the year. Our bullpen is still strong. We've got some work to do. We need to find some left-handed pitching, left-handed starting pitching. We're going to take a look at some candidates that we have in camp. It's tough to compete without a decent left-handed starting pitcher you actually
0: said that much better than he does because i had the dandy kid voice in my head of like well it's a uh, it's tough to compete out there with a decent left-handed starting pitcher almost like you're drawing your sense into the di- the sense of dire uh and despair is the best way to describe it through his through his conversation
1: i think that he's just hoping that it will be transported away in the middle of each sentence okay so the last sentence there was it's tough to compete without a decent left-handed starting pitcher all right the follow-up question and this is the one to which you must respond And I will give you Dan's response first, just for comparison's sake. The next question was as follows. Could Rule 5 pick Nestor Cortez Jr. be that guy? I'll ask it again. Could Rule 5 pick Nestor Cortez Jr. be that guy? This is what Dan Duquette, the GM of the Baltimore Orioles, said in response to that question. Maybe we're going to find out. So, Matt Taylor, for all the money, uh, can you beat maybe we're going to find out when asked, could Rule 5 pick Nestor Cortez Jr. be that guy, the decent left-handed starting pitcher? And go, your time starts now.
2: Well, you know, we're going to give this guy a good long look, and I think we like what we've seen um, over his past track record. We've seen some positive signs that we can, can build on. Now, I really think that what this move speaks to, we, we need to consider – Uh, the great generosity of this organization and its owner, that even though the man's first name is Nestor, uh, we're allowing him full access to Orioles facilities and welcoming him with open arms, which is usually not our policy with guys named Nestor. So I think it really speaks to the generosity of this organization, um, and we're going to give him a try. And let me just say that I'm really not allowed to make many starting pitching decisions on my own anymore. They kind of took the keys away after that whole Ubaldo Jimenez thing. Um, I couldn't get the right-handers right, so they don't think I can get the left-handers right either. So uh, you might want to talk to Brady
0: Anderson instead. Matt Taylor, you have won. Congratulations on being the new GM for the Baltimore Orioles. Your grand prize is international free agent signing money, but you're not allowed to spend it. Enjoy and congratulations. Good gravy. All right, Matt,
1: Matt Taylor, our time is almost at an end here, but I have... Uh, one important question for you before we send you on our uh, on your way with those fabulous prizes, uh, and that's this. Uh, I won't shame you. I won't beg you to return to Roar from thirty-four. Though if you wanted to, that would be okay with basically everyone who's ever read about the Orioles. But let me ask you this: Uh, how does a well, let's call it a reformed Oreo blogger plan to enjoy the twenty eighteen season?
2: That's a, that's a great question, and, I, and I'd be lying if I told you that I haven't thought about getting back on the the horse um, and in some some form doing more uh, around the team the the one of the great benefits of blogging um, has been that you know it it gets me connected to the team gets me connected to the Orioles community um, and so last season I really did notice that my connection was not the same it's different you know, a different way to engage with the team when you're not trying to think about, you know, what what's the next thing to write. Um, and the connection didn't didn't feel as strong. And I think that's probably what I missed the most, um, you know, when it comes to, to not having the, the blog. So I'll leave the door open a crack to say that, you know, there's a possibility of, of some content, um, you know, in, in the future. We'll, we'll see how that, that plays out. Um, but otherwise, I, I think that uh, it's, you know, having the uh, – the MLV package and being able to watch the games occasionally, but more importantly, just being able to listen to them um, here in the central time zone and, uh, you know, getting the kids to bed and having that, that uh, soundtrack of the summer in the background that uh, keeps me, keeps me connected to my home city, keeps me connected to my team. And more importantly, uh, plant the seeds in those young brains uh, of my children to uh, say that uh, these are the names you should remember and the team you should remember and, uh, maybe develop the, the same fondness. Uh, right now, our, our main fondness seems to be for things like uh, Super Mario and other such characters, but maybe over time uh, we can develop a, a fondness uh, for Buck Walter and legends like that. I'll just say one thing as as we you know, get ready to, to close here. Um, I had a, a job interview. I've, I've you know, been stay-at-home dad for the last two and a half years. Uh, I'll be at it for um, you know, a few more months here before starting a new job in August, but As I'm on this interview, uh, I meet with several people throughout the day, and one of the the highest-level people that I met with was very impressed with his bio. I was a little nervous going into his office, Um, and I sit down across from him at a table, and he's peering through my resume and wondering what he's going to ask me, and he says, So, Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) And It's not the first thing I was expecting, especially here in the state of Tennessee. And so I tried not to look too shocked and just waited for what was going to come next. And he said, let me see. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, given your age, you probably grew up on Cal Ripken Jr. and Eddie Murray. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. And I'm wondering where all of this is is going. And he says, well, I am a Chicago White Sox fan. So all I can think about is Tito Landrum and how he broke my heart, and so he goes on to talk about, you know, the, the ALCS in 1983, and uh, the Tito Landrum home run, and how that broke his heart as a White Sox fan, and there was uh, another woman that was, was part of this uh, this interview segment, she kind of looks at him, and said, how, how do you remember that much, you know, about that moment, and he said, well, some things, you know, are just that emotional, and they stick with you, so I thought, you yep. know, here I am, you yep. In, in this interview and, and trying to prepare for all kinds of different questions, and the first question I get is about the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles and my Baltimore Orioles blog. So uh, that was a lot of fun, um, and it's that sort of thing where I think, you know, never really made any money off of it, um, didn't have the biggest readership, but it does provide for fun connections both with Orioles fans and then also, in this case, just with baseball fans generally.
1: Well, Matt Taylor, where can Orioles fans go to read the complete back history and to wait day after day, hitting refresh, just for the opportunity to perhaps hear more words from you?
2: Uh, we, we still have that uh, that domain name, you know, uh, reserved and, and renewed. It's RoarFrom34.com. Uh, it's not a complete history. I, I painfully lost, uh, oh, at least three or four seasons due to a, uh, a web designer who. Uh, lost a lot of content It's a sore spot for me but uh, there's a lot a lot in there and if you want to read of spring training past um might i recommend to, to just do a search for uh, an old favorite of mine uh you know i like kind of the obscure guys randor beard Do you guys remember randor beard oh yes so we're, you know we're talking probably around i think 2007 2008 time frame and back then the way i stayed interested during spring training Uh, when there really wasn't much to talk about at all um, was to kind of pick an obscure guy and and root for him. So Randor Beard became my guy. And, um, you know, it was fun. I I looked looked back on the post recently and had forgotten that he was a rule five guy. So he was rule five before rule five was the the way of the Orioles. Um, And he pitched with Alan Mills in the minors and fun characters. So, um, in those archives, you can you can see that, uh, but still at roarfrom34.com, and uh, we'll see if if anything happens with that uh, again in the future. I'll let, I'll be sure to let you guys know.
1: And roar from thirty four on Twitter. Please make sure you check them out as well. Matt Taylor, thanks so much as always for uh, joining us for sharing your passion and your knowledge on the Baltimore Orioles. And hey, here's hoping that you don't have to have any more difficult conversations about, uh, with your kids about uh, Orioles leaving or about how they're clothed.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. And I will say that we've we've improved because a few years ago we did this in spring training, and I think we spent a good amount of time talking about Ryan Webb being allergic to ice. So we've improved. We're getting better with time, guys.
1: <laughs> All right, Matt. Have a good one.
2: You too.
0: Jake, I'm uh, finally glad to say the Royals finally blew it. Yes, the Kansas City Royals finally blew their load. So last week, the Royals hosted an anti-porn seminar and rejected the idea of um, well, pornography of being healthy, normal, or cool. Um, and the guys here, I guess at least myself here at Bird's Eye View, have been fantasizing over what other seminars might be held by other teams or members of MLB this spring training. So I thought uh, maybe we could put together a little segment about what kind of seminars other teams have been kind of using. First of all,
1: I didn't need Major League Baseball to tell me about pornography not being healthy, normal, or cool. Because I went to Catholic school. Absolutely. What did you have in mind, Scott, for these seminars? I'm not quite sure I'm
0: following. All right, so let me give you an example. Um Here's one. Uh, The dangers of greasy hands and wet lips have demonstrated time and time again to be a source of choking hazards. As such, the Red Sox are hosting an anti-fried chicken and beer seminar for the upcoming season.
1: Okay. I I think I see where you're going. So I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to do some Googling. Okay. Because I think there are other major league, (laughs) let me get the sound effect. Because I think there are other major league baseball teams that are doing things similar. And I think they deserve the credit that they did, that they are uh, due. All right, here's one. Another team realizes that there are times when you have to look at yourself and realize that you've lost control. And that's why this team is enrolling each and every one of its players in a personal financial responsibility seminar. This seminar will teach them the virtues of a thrifty lifestyle and recognize that the dangers are there of simply buying everything you see. The team, of course, is the New York Yankees, having recently had a moment of clarity regarding their relationship with the Major League Baseball luxury Mm. tax.
0: This next team is working really hard to teach its fans that players of all walks of life deserve to have beer thrown at them. Mm. This seminar is available in three online sessions, provides fans with information on racial, ethnic, and religious diversity, and teaches them how to avoid discrimination through their behavior, language, attitudes, and actions of conscious and unconscious bias. Clearly, Blue Jays fans will find this to be a valuable and topical seminar. Nice. I like that. But you know, Scott, the
1: Orioles are not. They are not getting preachy. They respect their players and have not held seminars on what they think the players should be abstaining from. Instead, they simply want to educate them. Scott, the Orioles care about their players and want them to become more complete human beings. And as such, they realize, as of course did I in my time at American University, that the humanities are important. We're, of course, speaking of their philosophies. And more specifically, the baseball practices in which the organization will not philosophically participate. In short, Scott, they're tired of the winning. They're tired
0: of all the winning. And so they're going to tell their players exactly what they will not philosophically participate in. You know, MLB teams aren't the only one that are participating in seminars. You know, even players... And just personnel in general with Image League Baseball are looking to constantly improve on and off the field in order to get to the best shape of their life this spring training. And they want to share. They want to share these with their fellow players. Absolutely. But, you know, there are people out there that are struggling. People that, you know, their future is uncertainty. And, you know, with their window quickly shrinking, it's time to blow the dust off their Rolodex, brush up on their work on Lotus Notes, and uh, potentially take a seminar on career planning, uh, and this is certainly a future seminar that Dan Ducat is going to want to um, reserve for in the near future.
1: Both in English and in French Canadian.
0: Absolutely. And maybe in, uh, you know, in Israel, too, uh, when he gets a chance. So,
1: so English, French Canadian, and Hebrew. I like I, that. I like that. All right. It's uh, a
0: tradition. Wow. <laughs> All right, uh, this next one goes into, let's see, let me see, let me read through this. Oh, this is actually a good one, because I could actually use this too, because having a, a newborn, uh, there's been several numerous new additions in the clubhouse, including Chris Davis's twins, and the Orioles are in need of a little guidance on how to take care of a newborn. So apparently, Caleb Joseph is going to be hosting daily seminars called Babies Gotta Eat, to teach fathers how to care for their children's nutrition.
1: That's uh, that's good. One one ball at a time. Um Here's the thing. The Orioles are clearly concerned for the health and well-being of its players, and therefore they've asked Kevin to perform, uh to provide a two-hour talk entitled How My Life Changed, One Bite at a Time. The program follows Kevin's brave and heroic story as a donut addict and how he has learned that his best pitching is one that is powder-free.
0: I would have actually preferred the seminar to be called How My Life Had a Hole in It. Oh just, man.
1: Just in the future. Missed
0: opportunity.
1: <laughs> it's it's important that they don't just uh you know glaze over the
0: end. Absolutely. Um why don't you go ahead and take another one and try to redeem yourself? <laughs> All right. Uh oh, this no, this
1: is a good one. Scott, this is also inspirational. This is this is the kind of thing that heroes are made of. All right. And this is another personal story. In a session entitled Shut Your Pie Hole, Mark Trumbo leads his teammates through the ups the downs and the emotional turmoil of his post-op sense of humor removal
0: Jake we talked about it earlier this uh this free agent market has been um, ice cold and it's left several top agencies scrambling to figure out what they're going to do in seasons to come um, which again Scott Boris has basically willingly gone out there and said you know what I'm willing to hold a conference and I'm going to call it Chicks dig the long ball. Really? I like that.
1: He's always giving. He's giving. Uh, last one here, Scott, and I think that this is, this is important, right? Because this speaks to, to who he is, all right? Uh, embracing his role as a team leader and a powerful force within the community on social media, Adam Jones will speak at length to his teammates about a course that he has prepared for the 2018 season And, uh, this is an online etiquette course, right? Scott, this is about how we behave with one another as human beings through digital media. And this is called, and this is real, and it's, it's, it's powerful, frankly. It's 15 ways not to be a slapdick in 280 characters or fewer. And, um, you know, Scott, I, I've seen the gifts, you know, I, (laughs) I, I've seen the, the, the presentation, the slide deck, and, uh. Frankly, it'll change your life.
0: All right. Well, folks, if you know of any seminars that we missed out there in terms of Major League Baseball and or the Baltimore Orioles, please hit us up um, and let us know um, what seminar we should be attending. Hashtag us with MLB Seminar, and we'll be sure to uh, review them potentially on the next show. Uh, with that, uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead and uh, blow the save for this episode?
1: Scotty, I'm going to say some really nice things about the Baltimore Orioles here. What? Yeah. I'm going to need to say some some nice things, but uh, before I do that, I was hoping that you could maybe put me in the right frame of mind and play me just a little bit of sound. Isaac, you did something right. No way. I wanted it
2: to go to my head.
1: (laughs) Much like... Inigo's it goes dumb friend Fezzik. The Orioles have managed, despite themselves, to do something right. I, of course, am speaking about the, the initiative that they announced today called the Kids Cheer Free Program. The Orioles describe this as an unprecedented initiative, and basically what it allows is this. Basically, if you buy, for 15 select games that the Orioles have identified, an upper deck ticket as an adult, a left field upper uh, upper reserve ticket, you will be able to bring two children into the ballpark for free. Let me say that again. You buy a ticket, two kids, nine and under, for free for 15 games that the Orioles have identified. I have railed. I have railed against the Orioles making dumb baseball decisions, and I have railed against the Orioles for making dumb business decisions. I hate it when the Orioles make it hard to root for them on the field, and I hate it when they make it hard for people to come and root for that terrible team in the stands. And frankly, this is a perfect response to that criticism. The Orioles have made it easier for folks to come and go to baseball games. I I love this program. this program responds to so many needs. First of all, I hope that it means that kids of completely diverse economic backgrounds will be able to come and see the ball, the, the, the team play ball. I hope that this means that people that ordinarily couldn't afford to take their families to baseball games come out and do it. And for folks that don't necessarily have that limitation, I hope that this means that uh, families that are trying to stretch their entertainment dollars will make more time to spend at Oreo Park at Canyon Yards. The Orioles are at a crossroads. And frankly, I don't expect the 2018 season to be very good. And after that, I expect it to be very bad. And I don't know how long it's going to be very bad. But I can tell you this, the last time the Orioles were bad, they were bad for 14 years. And if the Orioles are going to give up on a generation of baseball, they are at least making sure that they are holding out a hand to that generation. I love the fact that they are saying, it's important to us that kids come and make a connection with their hometown team. And regardless of whether or not it's a winning product or not, what they're saying is it is going to be very easy for kids to come and fall in love with baseball and say what you will about the on the field decisions that the Orioles have made. And they will. This is exactly the right thing to do. This is the, this is the kind of thing that we have been begging for. So my hat is, all the way off to the Baltimore Orioles. This is the kind of initiative that, that I think has the ability to, to build a fan base when maybe, you know, the on the field product won't. Orioles, well done. Way to reach out to the community, way to make it easy for fans that struggle to get to the ballpark to get there and to focus on the fans that really matter, the kids that don't care about the wins and losses the kids that don't care as to whether or not the stars of the team are all-stars or how many wins above replacement they represent this is an excellent move by the baltimore orioles and deserves to be praised lavishly until he screwed up hey look you know i will say look and i'm and this is not backhanded they absolutely deserve to be praised for this.
0: Oh, there's no question. This is a great move by the Baltimore Orioles organization. I hope they continue it through the season. There is a tease in there saying that they will reevaluate it monthly, basically. Well,
1: and that's that's smart. That, if that, they that,
0: win, great. That, that's exactly right. And I completely understand why they are doing that. And I think it's perfect sense. But again, the Orioles are doing something that we have asked them to do for years upon years. Kudos to the Orioles organization we can be positive on occasion if you do good things.
1: Here's my only criticism. Sure. Okay. The games that they've selected are basically all in April. Yes. All right. Saturday, March 31st through uh, Sunday, April 29th. I would think this is just me. This is just me talking. Sure. If you want to make an overture to the kids, you would do it when school is not in session. Sure. And maybe at a time when you don't expect attendance to be the best.
0: I think that'll. I think that'll be the big. I, I think right now, solid B plus is the best way to describe it. Move if they do it and even say we're willing to basically promote this policy during the summer, during weekdays as opposed to weekends. Mm-hmm. A plus move. Great job for the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Orioles are giving away tickets to put fans in the stands who are nine and under. Yep. As, as much as I think it could be just a smidgen bit better, kudos. Kudos. It's a great
0: move. Great move. Good job. Golf club, Good job, Orioles. Good job. And that, that
1: is our show. So at this point, I really must say uh, that you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at
0: com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and many others. Please remember to rate and review this show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time.
1: We love meeting new people and talking Orioles baseball with other diehard fans. Email us at contact at com. You can also email us at scott at com and jake at com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to find us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeview, B-A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond. As of right now, 17 days
0: to opening day. And so I'll bid you a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. also matt if you could really come back and start writing again that'd be great we hate being the old man on the block when writing about orioles
1: i don't even care if you wear underwear
0: no don't care i'll even give you dessert he will